Hey, my friend. So good to see you again. Okay, so today's episode is a topic that I feel like every human has to learn to navigate, but a lot of times we don't learn about these valuable principles until well into adulthood, or at least I didn't. Um, And some of that was because this was a pretty healthy aspect of the family I grew up in. But when I became an adult, suddenly I had relationships around me where this was necessary. And I'm talking about boundaries. Now, this is not a boring topic. Actually, this is such a liberating, empowering topic. It lights me up. So how do you know if you need boundaries? If you have ever felt in your relationships, like maybe you tend to have difficult or dramatic relationships... Um, decision making is hard, you really hate letting other people down, maybe you feel guilty and anxious or you're often tired but you don't know why, Um, maybe you struggle with oversharing when you've just met someone or you constantly somehow feel like the victim of situations, Um, maybe you're regularly annoyed and irritated or you secretly feel like people don't respect you, you don't know who you are, You might be passive aggressive or you secretly have a fear of being rejected or abandoned. All of these things are symptoms or signs that there's a relationship there that needs boundaries. I even am going to dive into is boundaries a God wisdom or just a human wisdom? Well, the good news is I believe it's a God wisdom. So we're going to jump into this and we're going to dig into one of the most empowering principles that you can embrace in your life and it's actually a lot more easier than you might think so here we go let's cue up that intro music hi and you're listening to java with jen with your host jenna samuel Okay, so do you have any relationships where when that person calls, you feel anxiety come up? Or let's say maybe it's when the kids come home from school and you feel kind of anxious. Let's be honest, all of us moms have been there at some point, you know, or uh, the in-laws call and say, hey, I'm coming over and all this dread sets up in your stomach. Or that friend who just doesn't know boundaries, just keeps calling and you're like, decline, decline, decline. Okay, Well, those feelings of dread and anxiety and um, wanting to turn and run the other direction is a sign that you have a relationship that needs some boundaries. So let me tell you a little story. My sister said I could share this. She had a friend who um, was an alcoholic, had a drinking problem, and her life was falling apart as a result. And so she would call my sister And she would talk for hours and she would just go on and on about what a victim she was, how miserable her life was, how horrible her kids were and all this kind of stuff. So my sister, being a good friend, would listen, but then she'd try to help her give advice, you know, and like try to help her kind of find her way out of these messes, you know, and her friend just made excuses. She didn't apply any of the the helpful wisdom my sister was trying to give and every conversation, it was the same thing. And so my sister finally began to realize like, this woman is literally just sucking all my energy. And now my sister, she works full time. She has three young children. Her husband is in the Navy and he's deployed right now and has been gone for like almost a year. And so they live the military life. And so she constantly has things that are taxing her energy, as most of you do, right? 
And so this relationship was just a, a, a relationship suck. It was kind of like a vampire relationship where it was all take and no give back. And it just was like a dead end. And so my sister actually had to finally say to her friend, listen, I love you, but I can't, I can't do this. I cannot do this because when you call, I find that I'm wanting to run the other direction and I don't want to feel that way, but I give you advice. I try to help you with your problems and you're literally, the problems are not changing. You're not changing them. You won't take any of my advice. It's the, it's a merry-go-round of the same thing all the time. So she had to create some boundaries with that friend. Now, thankfully, well, I don't know if I can say thankfully, but um, it worked out to be for the good. This friend ended up moving away. And when she moved away, it actually confronted her. And she she had kind of a personal awakening, started going to counseling, started to have like a, a wake-up call to her issues, and began to take back the power of her life. She began to take back the power of her decision-making and began to develop her relationship with the Lord, which gave her even more empowerment, more sense of love, more sense of purpose. And she is apparently a totally new person. So that is an example of a relationship that needed boundaries. My sister communicated boundaries. And then I think the Lord kind of stepped in and helped redirect things so that this woman could get the help that she needed. Okay, so that actually kind of brings me to an important question. When I started learning about boundaries, I asked myself, and maybe some of you have asked yourself this, if you've heard about boundaries or even as I'm talking, are boundaries God's wisdom or is it just our human way of coping with hard relationships? Because the Bible says, die to yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Um, No greater friend hath a man except he that lays his life down for his friends. You know, there's all these scriptures that paint this picture of like just laying down everything and like not speaking up for yourself or, or that's sometimes how I would imagine it is like if I'm really dying to myself, then I, I, I shouldn't speak up in this situation. But I realized that was such a distortion of the truth um, because the Lord also says in Proverbs, He says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow all the issues of life. And later in the New Testament, it says, may you be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. Your soul is your emotions, your mind, your emotions, your inner well-being. And so we have these scriptures that tell you lay down your life. But then we have these scriptures that say, hey, guard your heart and protect that, that place. And so it left me, honestly, genuinely as a Christian with some relationships that honestly, literally had become abusive, emotionally, verbally abusive. And I felt so stuck because I didn't know where I could draw a line or if it was even godly to draw a line or if maybe I should just be taking up my cross and suffering and praying and trusting the Lord. So I went to like an unhealthy Christian end of the spectrum. So I actually looked up, is God about boundaries? And look, I just want to show you what I found first. And I'm laying this first so that those of you who maybe have this conflict, you can listen to the rest of this episode, understanding like, hey, God is for boundaries. Okay. So in the Old Testament, God gave us the 10 commandments. What were the 10 commandments? They were, you will have no other gods before me. Hmm. 
That sounds like a boundary. Um, you will not lie. That sounds like a boundary. Uh, you will have one husband, one wife, and you should not be an adulterer. Okay, that's a boundary. The Ten Commandments is a series of what we call rules, but actually, let's swap out the word rules for boundaries. The Ten Commandments is a picture of like what's important to God, what his value system is, so that you can have a healthy relationship with God. They're not rules that he's like, hey, what grade are you going to get today, A or F, you know? They're boundaries that God put in place so that you can have a healthy relationship with him. Okay, so say this to yourself. Boundaries are the lines that I draw so I can safely love you and safely love me at the same time. Boundaries are the lines that I draw so I can safely love you, safely love me at the same time. It is the process of me guarding my heart above all else because out of it flow all the issues. Now, speaking from personal experience, the relationship that I had where I didn't know how to draw boundaries or that I could draw boundaries, it was a relationship that I expected boundaries would be built in. And growing up, boundaries were built in. It was my my family. I didn't realize we didn't talk about boundaries necessarily that I remember. But they were so built into the culture of my home that it, did, it wasn't even something that got my attention. It was just normal. We respected each other's voice. We respected each other's space. We respected each other's feelings. We had a right to place a demand on relationships and be understood and heard and listened to. And that's all boundaries. And, and we, all have, we all had and still have healthy relationships because of it. But because I grew up in an environment where that was normal, when I grew up and got into other relationships where boundaries were not so intuitive or maybe, you know, people came from different backgrounds, so their sense of boundaries was very different than mine, then I didn't understand where and how to draw lines. I just knew there were certain relationships I had where I either was crying all the time, I felt totally unsafe, I felt totally threatened, I felt like I wanted to, I mean, you know, all these unhealthy relationships, and I didn't know how to fix it, because then I would go back to the word, and I guess I was looking at the word with with a religious lens because I would see these scriptures. You know, I never wanted to be ungodly. I never wanted to be unwilling to pay the price for Christ, you know? And so that fear that I would be unable to pay the price that I really needed to pay is what kept driving me to these scriptures that is like, lay down your life and take up your cross and suffer, suffer, suffer. Well, unfortunately, suffering, God's kind of suffering should always be in response to obedience It doesn't mean it's a free-for-all license to suffer all the time everywhere. That will literally destroy you. And so even Jesus, okay, going back to this, Ten Commandments is a set of boundaries. Jesus himself had boundaries. He would draw away from the disciples, draw away from the crowds. He would slip away. There are some stories where it said that the, the people pressed in on him to try to capture him, and he slipped away. He drew boundaries because he knew it wasn't his time to suffer. And so until it was his time to suffer, he protected himself. He would draw away from the crowds. He'd go be by himself and he would pray. He'd spend time with God. I mean, he always had people following him. So he would go and intentionally get time alone at various moments. Jesus demonstrated boundaries. In marriage, scripture gives instructions about 
boundaries, which is men, you're to lay down your lives and, and love your wives. And women, you are to respect your husbands. And husbands, you're supposed to treat your wives in an understanding way. God gives us some boundaries, some guidelines. So if you can see that in scripture, boundaries are actually God's idea. God says, if you don't love me with all your heart, soul, and mind, then you're not worthy of a relationship with me. That's what he says in the Bible. It's like, if you're not willing to obey, if you're not willing to follow me and take up your cross, you're not worthy of a relationship with me. That is literally what it looks like to draw a boundary in a relationship. I can look at my husband and I can say, husband, I love you. But if you're not willing to be married to me and only me, then you're not worthy of a relationship with me right? I mean, that's kind of a dramatic example, but you know what I'm saying? Like there are boundaries. Okay. So now we understand boundaries are godly. Boundaries are good. And they're a method of us guarding our heart above all else because the issues of life come out of our heart. We want to be in health and prosper as our souls prosper. Okay. So that takes me to some examples where you might have relationships that lack boundaries. If you have a lot of conflict in your marriage, There might be a need for boundaries in communication, boundaries in your sex life, boundaries in how you guys manage anger. Um, If your kid's behavior is out of control or if you feel like your kids are constantly a stress for you, listen, your children should be a joy to you. Not to say some days won't be hard. That's not what I'm saying. But in general, if you're training your children the way that is appropriate to you and your family, your children will learn what you train them to do. Now, if you are, um, un- if you try to implement boundaries, but you don't uphold the boundaries with your children, like say, um, son, go clean your room. If you don't apply consequences when he chooses not to honor that boundary or that instruction, then he is going to learn that you don't mean it when you draw a boundary. So for you to have boundaries, you have to also communicate and uphold them. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. But relationships where there's a lot of stress, if if you start to draw boundaries for your life, the people around you who are used to you having no boundaries may not respond well initially. But there are ways to communicate in a gracious way, of course, doing your part to try to make things as... um, receivable as as possible you know they can hear what you're saying but there it it is going to require that you really get your feet underneath you and you've decided if I'm going to communicate this boundary I equally need to be ready to protect not protect but to uphold this boundary um so again I want you to remember boundaries are not walls we put up to protect ourselves from people. That is not what a boundary is. A boundary is not a barrier in a relationship. Boundary is a line that I draw so that I can safely love you and safely love me at the same time. It's kind of like this. When we were building our house, the first thing they did before they broke ground was they put up boundary lines on our property. Little colored string that went from corner to corner. That way, everybody knew where the house was to stay, what, where, what property was ours for us to make a mess on, for us to dig up dirt on, for us to pull trees out, for us to put down a foundation. The boundary lines were the first thing of importance so that we could safely, without getting in legal trouble, without getting neighbors mad at us or getting in any lawsuits over property, 
with, it safely allowed us to build our house. When you're building a relationship, you need to put up those boundary lines. Now, does that mean you come into a relationship with, okay, here's all the rules about how to love me? No, no, that's not, that seems more like you're a fractured individual when that's the case. But boundaries will naturally come out in our conversation. When you're in a relationship and you start to feel hurt or like a boundary has been crossed, and sometimes we don't realize it that plainly, usually it shows up as hurt feelings or disappointed expectations or um, feeling violated, feeling run over, feeling disempowered. All those kinds of things are, are feelings that can, can make you feel like used or victimized. Any of those feelings are indicators, hey, there was a boundary that was crossed and I need to figure out what it was. So you'll find that relationships where you may need boundaries, you'll need boundaries with family, in-laws, anybody? <laughs> We've had to draw boundaries with our in-laws because, again, we want to preserve that relationship. In order to preserve it, we had to figure out what lines would make us feel safe. Does this mean we don't go over every weekend? Does this mean we only go on major holidays? Does this mean we only go together? Or does this mean we always bring the kids or we don't always bring the kids? Does this mean we invite them to our house instead of going to their house? You know, we had to figure out what would make us feel safe where we can enjoy the relationship. When we go, we only stay for about two hours and we leave. And that seems to be our our happy place. And so we had to begin to realize within family, here's some boundaries. Friends, that's an obvious one. Spouse, you need boundaries with your spouse. Maybe in the bedroom. Sexually, I don't like that. I don't feel safe doing that or I feel degraded doing that. Let's not do that. You know what I mean? Like that's a normal part of marriage and should be to have those boundaries. Also communication, finances. Hey, honey, if you go and spend $2,000 without talking to me first, that feels like a boundary of trust has been violated, right? So recognizing when those pain points come up, ask yourself, oh, that's what I was going to say. Ask yourself, is this just a disappointed expectation? Like, did I have a picture in my mind of how this would work out and it just didn't work out that way? Or is this actually a boundary that's been violated, right? We can create expectations. We do this all the time, um, all the time with all kinds of things. So in relationships, you know, let's say I plan a date for me and my husband and I'm imagining he's going to come off work. He's going to be in a romantic mood. We're going to go and have this great conversation over dinner and, and be giggling and laughing and da, da, da. I can create this expectation and let's say he comes home tired and he's not very talkative and da, 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 da. Well, then at the end of the night, I may have all kinds of upset feelings. Was a boundary violated? No. He was respectful. We still did the things, you know, whatever. That's not a boundary violation. That's just a disappointed expectation. And so we have to, within ourselves, analyze our feelings and understand where is this pain coming from and how do I solve it? So here's some power principles of boundaries and why boundaries are important, okay? And you are the one who teaches people how to treat you. You do it. Even when you're not trying, you're doing it. I'm teaching my children how to treat me by what I allow them to do around me. Sometimes I have to tighten the reins and remind them, hey, this is not okay. Just a couple nights ago, I sat and talked with my kids about lying. One of them had lied to try to get out of a situation. 
And so we sat, we talked about lying and I made it very clear. This is not acceptable. This is not who you boys are. It's not what we're going to do. So I was teaching them how to treat me as a parent. I was also teaching them how to treat people in general. So boundaries are one way that we teach people how to treat us. You're basically giving them the handbook, the manual, how to treat you and have a relationship with you. Secondly, it reinforces sowing and reaping. That what I sow, I will reap. I have one son who's a little more contentious than the others. At times, he he just, I don't know why we're working through it. But anyways, so he was being a little contentious with his brothers and kind of just stirring up trouble with them. He has a lot of energy. I think he just uses it poorly. But anyways, so I started telling him, listen, you cannot antagonize your brothers and then expect them to turn around and treat you with respect. That It doesn't work that way. If you're going to antagonize them, they're going to want to antagonize you back. So I created a boundary. If you're going to antagonize your brothers, you may go to your room. You can be around people when you can respect people. And so it's reinforcing this principle of you reap what you sow. And so that's another power principle of boundaries. Um, third power principle is it reminds us that people measure other people by their actions, not by their words or intentions. It's easy for us, especially in today's culture. You know, we say that phrase, oh, it was the, it was the heart that counts. You know, it's the, it's the thought that counts. The truth is it's not the thought that counts. I mean, is it nice when people thought about you and it didn't work out? Okay, fine. That's great. But in reality, people know you by your actions. They don't know what your motives were. They don't know what your good intentions were. If you're talking about them, they don't really care if you had a good heart and you were just trying to encourage someone to pray for them. (laughs) They don't care. They care that you were talking about them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Scripture says that man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart. I've always taken that scripture like it was a bad thing that man looks at the outward appearance. It's not. It's a fact of life. Man knows how to judge a situation based on what they experience in that situation. If you are always scowling at people because you're tired, they don't really care the fact that it's because you're tired. They care about the fact that you're always scowling at them. <laughs> okay? People know you by your outward actions. God is the only one who can judge you by your heart. But you got to live with people. People know you by your actions. Okay? And so boundaries help us to recognize that your actions are what matters. Children are known by their actions. The Bible even says so. Children need to be taught to have boundaries. They need to be taught to live within boundaries and have boundaries in how they treat people and boundaries in how they're treated. The Bible also says, if you love me, you will do all that I have commanded you. God is saying, if you love me, the measure of your love towards me will show up in your actions. It will show up in what you do. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith without works is dead. If God says impossible to please him without faith, He's not talking about just a mental ascent or just a heart position. He's talking about the actions that go with your heart position. And so having boundaries reminds people they are accountable to their actions, not just their intentions or where their heart is. And it's very important in parenting. Very important. We've got to teach our kids this. Okay, another power principle of boundaries is healthy boundaries are meant to preserve the relationship, not to create barriers. I already talked about this. But again, boundaries are there because you want to hang on to that relationship and you'd rather have it in small measure than not at all, right? So if, if you put out a boundary 
and someone keeps violating that boundary, what you do is you pull that boundary back a little further away and see if they can honor that boundary. If they can, and you can have a relationship in that space, then that's where the boundary stays. And then when they build trust and, and maybe there's some positive growth, then you can try to extend that boundary again and see if you can give more room to the relationship. But you just, boundaries will be fluid in that way, but they shouldn't be so fluid that you can't tell where your boundaries are, okay? Lastly, last power principle of boundaries is that boundaries must be communicated and upheld. I mentioned this already a little bit, but listen, if you have a boundary and you don't actually communicate it, that is, you can't hold people to that. If you have a boundary of don't talk to me in the morning until I've had my coffee, you need to tell people that. You, can't, you have no right to get mad at them if you don't communicate what your boundary is, right? So boundaries must be communicated. People cannot read your mind. They do not know intuitively what you need. And every person is different. Everyone's set of boundaries will be a little bit different. There are some that are pretty universal, but then there are nuanced little boundaries that are unique to our personalities, and you have to respect others, you have to communicate them, and you have to uphold them, okay? Now, I will say, sometimes we can feel like it feels selfish to have a boundary. What about the other person? Let me tell you this. When I started realizing my need to have boundaries in certain relationships that felt unsafe, when I started drawing lines and saying, I'm sorry, you're not going to mock me when I'm trying to express my feelings or I'm sorry, you don't get to call me names or I'm sorry, whatever. Don't call me after I've clocked out, you know, whatever. When I draw a boundary and that person keeps wanting to violate it, but they're not able to, it forces them to stop and deal with what is inside of them that makes them continue to want to violate your boundaries. So when I draw a boundary and say, sorry, you can't talk to me like that, that is inappropriate. It puts the ball back in their court, puts the monkey back on their shoulders and makes them have to deal with, why am I wanting to talk to her like that in the first place? So if upholding my boundaries, um, what it does is it forces the other person to evaluate their life and figure out, basically figure out how to make a change if they want the relationship with me. And, you know, various relationships, some will be willing to make that change, some won't. But by doing that, by me upholding my boundaries, it actually has always benefited the other person. And so drawing boundaries is not selfish. It is not only looking out for yourself. It is good for both people. And it makes the other person, it puts them in an empowered place where they can decide, do I want the relationship with this person or not? Do I want to make these changes or not? And so it puts them in a place in their own life of making powerful decisions regarding the relationship as well. So basically the benefits of boundaries is that it allows both people to feel safe. It allows for you to enjoy your relationship and it allows the relationship to continue. Okay. So real quickly, I don't want to leave you hanging without a little bit of a how to, because now everyone's probably going, how do I do this? Okay. Here's your simple steps. Okay. Very simple, like four, four, four or five steps. Okay. First off, you need to identify what your needed boundaries are. Usually that will come through when you have hurt feelings or a painful situation. You have to take the time to step away and say, where is this pain coming from? Do I have a disappointed expectation or is this a boundary? 
And part of what will help you recognize that a boundary is by if you evaluate and determine what your core values are. God's core value is, I want to be your number one. So he tells us that in the Ten Commandments. I didn't realize that respect was such a huge core value for me until I was in relationships where I continually felt disrespected or that person treated the people around us disrespectfully. Any of that going on made me feel like I can't have a relationship with this person. So respect, um, listening, people listening and listening well, that's a core value for me. Being considerate. I notice that when my boys are inconsiderate with each other, I literally have no threshold of grace for that. (laughs) I'm like, there is no excuse for being inconsiderate of the person next to you. No excuse. So identifying what your core values are will help you recognize if a boundary has been crossed. And so identify what boundary has been crossed and what boundary needs to be implemented. Okay. Um, Listen to your feelings. This is part of it. It's an indicator of what your needs are. Um, One example I'll give you is my kids at nighttime when I'm tucking them in at night. Now you, you mamas know at the end of the night, you're like, I am, I'm clocking out. I am off duty. I am free. Y'all just be quiet and get in bed. (laughs) Maybe I'm the only bad mom, (laughs) but when the kids are like, sing me a song and tell me a story. And of course there's four of them. So I have to make my rounds. So it's not like I can five minutes this bedtime process and I'm out of there. They all want to talk at the end of the night and offload and little Shiloh he's like mom can you tell me about your day I want to hear all about your day and then he wants to tell me all about his day I just I do love it but at the end of the day I don't always love it so I started to realize that when I started dreading bedtime I was dreading it because I always felt like they would pull and pull and pull and pull and there was no regard for the fact that I was already taxed so I had to learn to not feel bad just drawing a line. Sometimes Shiloh will say, mom, can you sing me a song? And I'll look at him and be like, baby, I love you, but I am not, I'm not in the mood to sing a song tonight. My throat hurts. I'm tired. You need to go to bed and I need to go to bed. And for the longest, I thought it was bad parenting to say no to those pleas. Um, and I started to realize, you know what, at some point I, I'm allowed to have boundaries and they need to see me have boundaries. Cause they're going to have nights like that when they're a grown up. And so now, I try not to create a habit out of it where they never feel like I'm willing to, to be nurturing. You know what I mean? But when I realize I just need to draw a line, then I do that. And one thing I did is, you know, if it's 10 o'clock, it's understood. We're not lingering. I'm kissing, I'm praying, and I'm leaving. You know, if it's 10 o'clock because it's late. Um, so I had to kind of develop my own boundaries for the kids at night. And I would also explain to them what things are like from mom's perspective. Hey, listen, you're not the only one I have to say goodnight to. There's four of you. And if I spend 30 minutes here, my bedtime process takes two hours. I can't do that. So let's spend some time. And then if you want more time, let's spend time in the afternoon when it's still daytime. You know what I mean? So listening to your feelings, it's an indicator of your needs and analyzing and figuring out what do I need for peace in this situation. And then you need to learn to say no kind of like what I just described, I had to learn to say no. I had one son who I would say, okay, good night. And he would get up and he'd grab me. And honestly, it would make me panic because he's kind of big. He would just grab me and hold on to me. No, 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 don't go. And I I finally had to get really firm with him. I was like, you do not do that. 
For one, it makes me panic. <laughs> For two, when I say I'm saying goodnight, you have to respect my voice. You have to respect my wishes. I understand you may want more time, but mom has a voice and you need to respect my boundaries as well. And I'm having to literally intentionally teach my boys how to respect boundaries by respecting people's voices their wishes. When they say no, it means no, period. Don't argue, you know, stuff like that. So you need to identify uh, what your needs are. And you can do this by thinking through what your personal values are and listening to your feelings because they're an indicator of your needs. And then you need to learn to say no. I mean, this process is simple, um, but it does take practice. Learn to say no and remind yourself when you say no or you draw a line, You are doing what the word says when it says, above all else, guard your heart for out of it flows all the issues of life. Think about it. God would much rather you be in relationships where you are giving and pouring into it rather than always running from it, right? God wants a cheerful giver, right? Not someone who's giving under compulsion. Well, our relationships are the same. I want to be able to be a cheerful giver in my relationships. I can't be a cheerful giver If I don't have any boundaries, because I will always feel depleted. I will always feel taxed or depressed. That list in in the intro where I listed all these things that you might feel, um, these are indicators of, uh, of a lack of boundaries. I will put the link to that article. It was actually a really great article. I pulled those from, I'm going to put a link to that article in the show notes so you can go and find it. Um, because that was pretty insightful. It explained where those different emotions come from. If you feel depressed, it's a lack of boundaries. Here's why, you know, things like that. So paying attention to your feelings, saying no, guarding your heart, it's all important. And so I hope this was, I hope this was helpful for an action point. If you have a relationship that comes to mind when you think about a relationship that's taxing or feels unsafe to you, I want you to sit down And think about, okay, what is it that makes me feel unsafe? Where are these unsafe feelings come from? Is it how they treat me? Like with their words? Is it how they touch me? Is it how they look at me? Is it how they respect my time? Is it how they talk about me when I'm not in the room? Figure out what it is that makes you feel unsafe. And listen, sometimes... Sometimes that takes a little bit of thought and and thinking into it. So take the time to think through that relationship that feels tense and difficult and think through where is this pain coming from? What line are they crossing that I need them to not cross anymore? What would it take for me to feel safe in this relationship? And write it down and then ask yourself, how can I communicate this need? Now here's the deal. In our culture today, I'm finding that grown-ups are scaredy cats about confrontation. Scaredy freaking cats. And it makes me mad. (laughs) It makes me mad. Because the reality is you cannot have any healthy relationships without confrontation. It is normal. And it's actually a healthy part of relationships. Confrontation can be good if you're respectful. That's all. And so in that relationship, if that's a relationship you want to hold on to, then you have a responsibility to communicate what your need and boundary is in that relationship. Now, they may not respond well. And what you can say going in is not, you're doing this wrong and and you need to do this better. You know, don't go in attacking. Go in owning your feelings and say, listen, in our relationship, I feel this way when you do this kind of behavior. 
I need you to change that behavior to this kind of behavior for me to feel safe. That kind of leaves the weight of the confrontation on you while still clearly confronting what they're doing that's hurtful to you. Because most people don't want you to feel that way. They don't want to be hurting you, but they don't know they're doing it. If you're going to establish boundaries, you need to make sure the person on the other end of the conversation knows that you are for them. If they know you're for them and you really want to protect the relationship, you can say that. Say, I want to protect our relationship. There's something that's been happening, though, that makes me feel unsafe and it's threatening my ability or it's threatening my desire to maintain the relationship, but I don't want that to get in the way. Can I please be honest about about something that's happening that I would like to see different, you know, happen differently? You can do it in a way that's diplomatic and respectful, that establishes boundaries. It will cause them to respect you. They may not like it initially because rarely does our flesh like boundaries, you know, but they will respect you for it. And so make sure when you sit down and have this conversation, communicate those boundaries and uphold them. Make sure they know you're for them. When you uphold these boundaries, it may look like in those moments because they may have a bad habit that they're trying to break. The next time that they try to break that boundary, you can gently remind them and say, hey, this actually right here, this is an example of what I was talking about when I said I need this to change for me to feel safe. Can we change this right now? And then if they're just like, you know, totally unhealthy about it, you can say, okay, I'm going to have to leave this conversation right now. I'm sorry. I'm just, this isn't going to work. And you can see yourself out of the situation. In Life Hacks, I share with you a really great book that is going to help expand this this place of understanding and revelation. But if this episode's helpful, share it with some friends. Otherwise, if you guys have any questions or have any other thoughts on this topic, please message me on Instagram. I'd love to hear from y'all. And until next time, I'll see you next week. Love you guys. Okay, so today's life hack is very simple. The book Boundaries is an incredible, I know it's going to be so hard to remember that title, right? Uh, The book Boundaries is written by Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And I'm looking at the table of contents here. They dip into so many different aspects of boundaries, like what are boundaries? What do they look like in a practical sense? Um, Boundary conflicts and how to establish boundaries with family, friends, spouse, children, at work, with yourself, and with God. And then developing healthy boundaries like what to do when you encounter resistance, how to measure success with your boundaries to see if they're actually doing what they're intended to do, and you know, some practical examples of what that could look like. So the book boundaries, awesome, awesome. I feel like everybody, honestly, it should be part of school curriculums because it's such an important aspect of regular life for every human. And so anyways, that's your life hack. That is what I would recommend. I'm going to add an extra life hack. If you find that your nerves are shot lately because of everything going on politically or you're busy or whatever, apparently taking B vitamins really help with your nervous system. So I've been taking B vitamins um, in the morning and A, it gives me a lot of energy. B, it helps your metabolism. But then C, apparently it helps your body regulate your nervous system. So I just went and got, it's like a dropper um, type bottle at the grocery store in the vitamin section and I keep it in my fridge and I just take a dropper every morning and it's wonderful. So 
if you need help with that. Maybe give your, give your nerves a boost when you're having to implement boundaries. <laughs> it could help. Anyways, I love you guys. Thanks for listening to the episode today. See you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.